Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we are working on your financial freedom. Hey, I hope you're having a good morning today. Uh, I know it's a beautiful day up here where I am in Dallas-Fort Worth. It's going to be another scorcher getting up into the hundreds. I've taken to riding my bike lately. I waited until about a week ago to dust that thing off and get going again. Why did I wait till it was 100 degrees out? I have no idea, but it's but it's great to get out, enjoy life, and uh, see what's going on in, in the neighborhoods and, and, and farther afield. And you know, as I was riding around, I was noticing quite a few uh, realtor signs, houses listed for sale out there. We're seeing a lot of activity here in North Texas. I'm seeing a lot of construction. We just drove up one of the main thoroughfares, 121, um, you know, Sam Rayburn Tollway, uh, north up through Frisco, up through uh, towards the uh, Stonebriar Mall, if you know what I'm talking about. Tons of construction still going on. We've got a lot of activity, so it's a good time. It really is a good time to be investing, to be buying rental real estate. And, and I want to make today's show more of a practical show. What I really want to do is is get into the PNL, right? There's an acronym for you, the PNL, the profit and loss statement, right? I want to, I want to talk in particular about cash flow that that yields at the end of that PNL for us, right? Cash flow and, and and in particular optimizing cash flow. Okay. And and throughout the show we're, we're going to make sure that you pick up on some key terms and and acronyms as well. You, you may know these, you may have heard them in passing. A lot of investors throw them around nowadays without thinking about them. Um, but if you're newer, you may not know what they mean. And I, and I want to be sure that you do uh, pick up on those. For example, PITI, what is that? Well, it represents our biggest fixed costs. And, and of course, thinking about cash flow, how do we optimize those big expenses, right? That's that's the target of the show today is, is that optimization and, and just generally what can I do to improve my cash flow. So this will be a little bit more focused on the single family investor. If you're catching the show for the first time, uh, I'm, I'm, I operate in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, and I have been buying my wife and I for a little over eight years now, <clears throat> single family houses. That's what we put into our, our our portfolio as rentals. And it's 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 done us very, very well. Right. I know a lot of investors that invest solely in single family. But of course, at Lifestyles Unlimited, we also have investors that go a totally different path, which is the multifamily path. Both work. Both are great. And there will be some takeaways today for for that multi uh, multifamily investor as as well so let me give you this is a live show let me give you the number here in the studio if you've got any questions on cash flow right on investing in rental real estate give me a call here the number is 855-497-4335 again that's 855-497-4335 or send me an email to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. I checked that throughout the show. Again, that's askandy at L-U-I-N-C dot com. Now, I want to I open by reminding you of Dell's three rules for investing. Dell Walmsley, he's the founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, founded it 30 years ago. <laughs> Hard to believe. We've been around for a while. We've got close to 50, I think around 50,000 members strong now. Um, seen a lot, of, a lot of history, a lot of investing going on within our group. But Dell's got three primary rules, and I just want to remind you of what those are. And one of those will tie into the show today. Number one, Never lose money. And what he's talking about in particular is don't lose your principal, right? You, you, put your, you put your money into a deal. You want to get that money out and then some, of course. Uh, but once you lose your principal, it's hard to then make that back. 
right? And part of the way that we do that at Lifestyles Unlimited is we make sure that we buy right. We buy deals that fit our model, right? That are going to give us a little bit of equity capture or maybe a lot of bit of equity capture um, so that we're not sacrificing principle. You know, and if I think about principle, I have to, I have to wonder how many people have lost their principle of late in places like the stock market. I mean, looking, looking back at the historical track timeline, the market's about where it was two and a half years ago. So even if you didn't lose principle, you've certainly lost time and you're not going to get that back. So never lose money. Rule number one. Rule number two, must cash flow. The deal must cash flow. Simply put, we need the cash flow to survive. This is our model, right? This is what we live off of. The, the cash flow that we take from our rental real estate, that's what replaces our earned income from that J-O-B, from that job, right? That, that cash flow, that passive income is what lets us retire early. That's why we do what we do to create that lifestyle, that freedom, right? Again, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. But we do have to have that cash flow. If the deal doesn't cash flow out the door, don't do it. And again, that's why I want to focus, focus on, on uh, cash flow on today's show. Rule number two, must cash flow. Rule number three, you can't get rich slow. Just ask yourself the question, has what I've been doing for the last five years or even longer made me a millionaire? Has it made you a millionaire? If not, then what you're doing is not working, right? It's not working, you know, and, and again, to take the message a step further, you know, you can't get rich slow. You, you, you buy a house, don't just sit on it ad infinitum, right? You need to turn those properties, move from one rental into two, into four, into 10, right? Or make that jump into multifamily. Or in my case, what we're doing right now with some of our properties, we're looking to do a cash-out refinance on a few of those. The rates are in the basement. They are so low. And we've got some equity. We've built up some equity in these over the past few years. Um, so we want to cash out and get into more properties or get into multifamily, right? But you can't get rich slow, so you need to keep moving. Don't just park that money and sit and wait. You need to stay active with it. Um, but, but again, we're going to focus today on cash flow, but I do also want to remember, remind you that we, we don't just make money with the cash flow. We make money five ways in real estate with single family houses. Cash flow is the big one, right, that we're going to focus on in today's show. But don't forget, there's that equity capture. Again, going back to rule number one, um, we're buying right, right? We're buying right. We're buying at a discount. The assets that we're taking down are typically in need of some repair and some work. They're, they're distressed in some way. And because of that, we are getting those at a discount and uh, capturing equity at the outset, maybe with some, some rehab, of course, involved. And of course, we then put some residents into that, into that property, that house, those, those multifamily apartments, and they're paying that mortgage for us, right? So we've got that equity pay down over the years. They're paying that for us. We're capturing that equity month after month, year after year. It's very quiet. It works in the background. But when you total it up at the end of the year, at the end of you know, a couple of years, it, it's, it's pretty significant. And of course, natural market appreciation, right? We've seen tremendous appreciation here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I sit down in Austin, Houston, San Antonio, around Texas, around the nation. Um, and, and that's going to continue. Now it's moderated a bit. It's moderated a bit. It will continue and we'll, we'll experience that. We'll build our wealth uh, through, through appreciation as well. And finally, there are tax advantages. Now, I didn't talk about the forced appreciation in apartments. We may touch on that a little bit later. That's the sixth way if you get into multifamily. But Anyhow, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to talk about that cash flow. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and we'll be right back. 
Del Wamsley explains how he found that speck of light that got him into the lifestyle. I had a guy who used to come into the health club every day and work out for four hours a day, sit in the jacuzzi, swim, play racquetball, was happy, looked great, tan all the time. And one day I just asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, Del, I own real estate. Well, do you own real estate? Register for our live online free workshop and find out how you can get all the things you want out of life with passive income. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Brought to you by Lifestyles Unlimited. Del Wamsley talks about understanding the system. Guy told me the other day on the radio, he says, you know, I understand the system. They let the stock market go up to feed our ego to think we're getting somewhere, and then they crash it on us and take it all away. So now we're stuck. He says, I've lived through two of those cycles, so he started investing in real estate to get away from the cycle. Are you ready to break the cycle? Start investing in real estate today. Find out how. Join Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with our live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Lifestyles Unlimited Executive Vice President, Business Consultant, and Successful Real Estate Investor, Lynn Murrow, on the critical difference between those who succeed and those who fail. Whether you have a small business, whether you are running a division of a large corporation, whether you're a CEO of a Fortune 100 company listening to us right now, or whether you work for somebody else, you have an area of responsibility and you are presented with a novel challenge by a novel virus that's going on right now. And the key to all of that is keeping your head up and looking for opportunity when what you want to do is curl up in a ball and uh, and go to sleep. And it's that is the critical difference between people who succeed right now and people who fail. Lifestyles Unlimited has been helping people succeed since 1990. Join us for our free online real estate workshop and learn the seven principles we teach to run our business and provide for our families. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Austin's Talk 1370. We're back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb. And today on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, we're focused on cash flow optimizing cash flow because we buy rental real estate to create that cash flow, that passive income to help us retire early from that job, right? Or to supplement our income. If you're just getting started, one or two houses is not going to retire you, but it's going to put you on that path. And before you know it, you'll have eight, you'll have 10, you'll have 15, and you'll be saying sayonara to that J-O-B because you've created that passive income that's meeting or exceeding your expenses. You, you don't need the job anymore. That's what we do, right? Uh, so we're focused on the cash flow. Now, again, as we were saying just ahead of the break, that's not the only way that we make money in real estate. That's the beauty of real estate investing is there are so many pieces in, in, in motion there, right? There's the cash flow, of course, but there's that equity capture. There's the equity buildup through the mortgage pay down that our residents are paying on our behalf, right? That's fully covered through the rents. There's that market appreciation there, those tax advantages. So we're not going to focus on those today. The focus is just on cash flow. I do want to give you the number here in the studio. If you've got any questions, it's 855-497-4335 or send me an email to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. And again, rule number two, Dell's rules to investing. Rule number two, must cash flow, right? The deal has to cash flow out the door. You hear about people on the coast that buy for appreciation. <laughs> that is purely speculation. I'm going to buy 
this asset here on the West Coast that's uh, going to cost me an arm and a leg out the door anyhow. I'm going to be making negative income. In other words, I'm paying every month to retain this thing in hopes that it goes up in value. Now, those markets are extremely volat volatile on the, on the coast. We don't really see that here in Texas, which is why it's such a great market for investing, which is why we have people from either coast investing here in the first place, because they know this is the place to come for cash flow. All right, so you must cash flow. Well, how do you know if a deal is going to cash flow? Well, let's get down to fundamentals. The best thing you can do is analyze the deal before you buy it. I know a lot of people that shoot from the hip. They, they see a deal, it looks pretty. They think about what they've seen on HGTV. They go buy it. <laughs> you know, shoot first, ready, what is it? Fire, uh, ready, aim. Take some time and, and think about the deal. Is it actually going to cash flow? Now, don't overanalyze it for the type B personalities out there. I'm one of you <laughs> and I have to struggle with this at times. My wife is on the spectrum a little bit closer to type A and, and we work well together because she can sometimes help me get over that hump if it's holding me back. Now, over the years, I've really relaxed that B, that type B mentality. And you, you, can, you can learn to develop that as well. But if you are a type B, don't overanalyze, right? You just need to get to the basics, to the fundamentals. What, what are the rents? What is that asset going to rent for? That is the big driver of your cash flow, isn't it? That's your revenue. And really, you need to look at those, those, those fixed costs. The first acronym, I mentioned this in, in the first segment, P-I-T-I. -I. What is that? You may have heard that. P-I-T-I, -I, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Those are your fixed costs as a real estate investor. Now, some of those are truly fixed if you're financing correctly. Some of those are not quite fixed. We'll talk about that here in a moment. They may change over time. And I'm talking, of course, about taxes and insurance. And if you're like me, you've been watching your property taxes go up year after year after year. But our valuations have been going up as well. I mean, I, I can't fault the county appraisal districts for that. But you can do something to to fight that and to optimize that. But fundamentally, you're going to look at those, those fixed costs, that PITI. You're going to look at your rents. So what are the rents in the area that you're investing in or that you want to in invest in? How do you figure that out? Well, you're going to need access to uh, some sort of local um, comp tool, some sort of uh, way to get to see what have the, the, the houses in that area or those apartments leased for, right? Texas is a non-disclosure state. That information is not just fundamentally published anywhere. So you'll need access to a realtor that can run those, those leased comps for you. So you can see that the house next door that's also a rental leased for 1400 and the one down the road, 1500 Yours is, yeah, you're going to fix it up. It's going to be about the same as those. So maybe you do it for 1450 right? But you need to know what houses in the area are renting for. Get, to, get with a realtor. Uh, if you're a member at Lifestyles Unlimited, we've got Quest. That's our tool that gives us access to both lease comps as well as sold comps. Right, so we can go in and see what those houses lease for. I don't have to take the time of a realtor. I don't have to depend on a realtor. I can go ahead and get in there and do that myself. If you want to look at Zillow for rents, you can see what's on the market. A lot of landlords, um, <clears throat> rental owners, they will uh, blaze their own trail. They just going to, they're going to do it themselves. They're going to post their listings to places like Craigslist, to to Zillow, Hotpad, stuff like that. So you'll be able to see what they have listed actively. Uh, you're not going to know what it leased for at the end of the day, but that will give you at least a temperature check, okay? So that's for your rents. Now, second acronym I want you to take away today is ARV. ARV, that stands for After Repair Value. We need to know, when we buy this house that needs some, some loving, some fixing up, we need to know after we give it that loving, what's the value going to be at the end of the day? Well, again, to get to that, I need to know what similar houses... Right. If, if all those houses that I'm looking around me have granite and that's what I'm going to do is go and put in granite and, and the hardwood floors and, re, you know, redo the paint and everything, brush nickel fixtures. What did they value at when they sold? That's my benchmark. 
Well, in order to get to that again, I need to get to those sold comps. Use a realtor. If you're a Lifestyles member, get into Quest. Don't use Zillow for this particular part of the process. Zillow gives you that Z estimate. It's nice and, 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 and packaged with a bow for you, but it's all over the place. And just in my experience, uh, I would recommend that you stay away. So you need to know the revenues. You need to know that value. Why do you need to know that value? Because that's going to drive your mortgage and your mortgage payment. And that's one of your big fixed costs. So what do the annual property taxes look like? You need to get a handle on that. Best way to do that, you can look at those sold comps and see what the, the, the similar houses had for their tax, uh, non-exempt tax um, uh, payment. The, the realtor should be posting that. Don't rely on that 100%. You know, realtors make mistakes in my experience. But you can also go to your local CAD or County Appraisal District. There's another acronym for you, CAD, the CAD or the County Appraisal District. They'll, they'll give you the value of the houses and then go to the tax assessor to get the millage rate. That's basically the, the, the percentage rate that's applied for each of the taxing entities in that district, right? The hospital, right? The, the community college, the county, the city, uh, whatever else. The school district, obviously, don't forget that. That's a big one. You can calculate that, right? Or if you've been doing this long enough, you'll, you'll start to get a feel for that. You may just apply a 3% uh, uh, approach for Texas, right? Look at what the average uh, uh, rate is in the area. But I encourage you strongly to be realistic. If that property that you are buying is in, in, in the hands of an owner-occupant right now, and it's homesteaded, that means that the county's not been able to increase their property value more than 10% per year. Once it changes hands and you become the owner, that homestead falls away and they can, they can take that thing up 30, 40, 50, 60%. I had a couple go up 80% last year until we protested the values back down. So look at that, that property tax because that's a big number, right? We'll, we'll talk about percentage of revenue here in a second. And of course, insurance. That's the other, other big ticket fixed item. How do you, you know, what do you anticipate insurance costing you? And I'll tell you, once you've built up a portfolio in an area, you're, you're going to have a feel for this. But best thing you can do is talk to your insurance agent. Just send them a quick email, property address, age, age of roof, you know, square footage, that sort of thing. And they'll be able to give you a pretty, pretty, pretty close number uh, uh, fairly quickly. And, you know, some components of your insurance policy may look a little bit different than your regular homeowners. You may have loss of rents in there. A lot of lenders require that. Uh, it's going to cost you a little bit extra. Um, you may have higher liability coverage in there. Uh, we, we put an umbrella policy on our, on our properties. Most investors do. That requires higher liability coverage, so you got to keep an eye on that. Um, look at days on market as well. Just to round out the discussion of uh, analyzing before buying, how long is it taking to get those houses leased? You want something that's going to move fairly quickly. Now, when we come back from the break, I want to get into revenue and optimizing that revenue. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and we'll be right back. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom. So in, 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 in the business of, of rental real estate, it, it's, it, it's a pretty simple, really a simple model. And, and that's one of the things I like about it. it. It's simplicity makes it very repeatable, which is what allows us to grow that, that portfolio fairly quickly. Remember, you don't get rich slow, but you can grow it fairly quickly because it's very easy to learn. You learn those acronyms, P-I-T-I, A-R-V, CAD, right? You start to learn the vocabulary, you learn the model, and, and you really start to move fast. And before you know it, you, you've accrued that cash flow. And 
over the course of time, you're going to want to focus on optimizing that cash flow as well. There are certain pressures on the business. Like I said, though, it's a fairly simple business. There's not a lot of moving parts, say like a, a big company, a big corporation where you're doing cost accounting and, you know, you've got the variable expenses, the more widgets you make, the more labor you have, the more materials you have going into those widgets and so on and so forth. Ours is fairly straightforward and that makes it very easy to manage. You know, it makes it very easy to manage. So we're talking cash flow now. If you've got any questions today, the number is 855-497-4335. You can call here in the studio. The number is 855-497-4335. Or send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. And ahead of the break, we were just saying, you know, before you get into that property, do your due diligence. That's what it amounts to. Do, do your analysis. Don't, don't go t type B personality overblown, overthinking, overanalyzing, but just do a basic run of the numbers. Right. What's the rent in the area? What are your fixed costs going to be based on the end value when you fix up the house? You know what your mortgage level is going to be, your mortgage, uh, uh, your loan amount. So you can calculate based on your numbers from your, your lender. What's my, my PI, my principal and interest, my, my mortgage payment going to be? What are the taxes for the area? What is the insurance? It's that simple. Now, let's talk about optimization revenue. Right. Let's focus on that. That big piece. First of all, that's our rents. Right and a couple of other sundry items as well. And obviously over time, you wanna keep an eye on your market rents. You wanna reevaluate those annually, right? When that lease term comes up and raise them accordingly. I see a lot of people that don't do that. They get complacent, they don't, they're scared that that person's gonna move and then they may have to release the house. Don't be scared. The market's very, very tight right now. I just leased a couple of uh, houses of our own. People moved out, they bought houses. <laughs> the market's active, like I said at the start of the show, good for them. We leased them in no time because there's not much inventory out there. So people get a little bit scared, um, but you can raise the rents and you should because you have countervailing pressures that are, are, are acting as well. We'll talk about those. Exercise your judgment. You don't have to be at the very, very tip top peak, right? We talk about best product, best price for a reason. That keeps people in place and that keeps them coming. Right now, when you do go to raise that rent, be sure to observe the, the, the local state requirements in terms of notification. How many days notice do you need to give? Uh, and, and it should state that in your lease as well. So obviously keep that rent moving up, right? Something else you can do pet fees and pet rent. Now, some people will charge a, a security deposit for the pet, but you can charge an outright fee as well. A fee different than a deposit is non-refundable. You can do both. Right, you have the flexibility. You're the business owner in this case. And pet rent, you know, I know some people that charge $10 a month per pet, some that charge 25. Those animals, they're gonna do some damage and you need to cover that. Some, do, some don't, some do, right? But, but, but get that into your rent. That's a way to increase uh, your revenue, right? Now remember, we're talking about pets. You cannot charge uh, pet fees, pet deposit, pet rent for service animals or emotional support animals. All right, so if somebody comes to you and applies and, and, and has a service animal or an ESA, right, another acronym for you, an emotional support animal, make sure you get proper documentation. Make sure you have a process in place to handle that documentation up front. Uh, we've done earlier shows on this topic. And, 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 and again, just remember, you can't charge a rent for that or a deposit or a pet fee. Now, you can charge a security deposit in general, right? And this can be a revenue generator. Enforce your lease. When at the end of that lease term that that resident moves out, if they have done damages, billable damages, not wear and tear, but actual damages that you have to repair, charge it back. Remember, this is a, this is a business. You're, you're not here to be Mr. Nice Guy. And again, just like with the rent, I don't want to raise the rent, you know, yeah, I, I like that family. 
it, it's a business that that's you got to get that emotion out of it okay now here too if you're going to be charging against the security deposit observe your your state code if you're listening in texas you've got 30 days to do the accounting and all that good stuff um and and see what's in your lease as well if you're outside of texas you'll have to do a little bit of uh, research and see what the the requirements are are there but it's perfectly legitimate to charge back you know against that that hole in the sheetrock that wasn't there when you moved in i've got pictures you didn't notate it on the uh move in the inventory and condition form the move-in form so certainly we'll charge that back okay we need to cover our, our basis and you know, I, don't, I debated whether to put this under revenue or expense, but let's let's just mention vacancy now, and we'll circle back if we have time. Minimizing vacancy is a way to increase your revenue. Obviously, vacancy in in and of itself is is essentially an expense, right? It's when that tenant has moved out, and now it takes you, let's say, a couple of weeks to get the next family in. That that couple week period, that's the vacancy period. You're, you're you're absorbing costs during that time. Your your taxes and insurance they're accruing over those days. Your mortgage as well, um, so there's an inherent cost there. Um, I, I think of it as revenue to keep those people in place, but we can debate that. Now, if you're looking at apartments, there's a lot more you can do with apartments in terms of revenue, right? Think about utilities in single family houses. We're typically having the 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 owner or the the residents take the utilities in their name. We're out of that, right? You should be out of that. Uh, in apartments, you may be billing back. You may you may have you know a master meter for electrical or for the water or for for trash, right? Well, a lot of savvy investors are going to implement something called RUBS. Here we go, another acronym, right? That stands for Resident Utility Billing System. I've also heard it called Ratio Utility Billing System. But in a nutshell, it simply means that we're going to take that cost of the the utilities, we're going to prorate it across those those ten apartments, those twenty apartments, those fifty apartments, those however many it is and charge that back to the resident, right? It's not gonna be down to the penny, but it's gonna be a, a, a billing system that allows us to pass back at least some of those costs. You can do that for utilities. You can do that for pest control. You can do that for the trash fees. We, we lived in an apartment down the road here for a number of years, uh, about a decade or so ago, and we, we, we had to pay all of those costs. We got a bill every month alongside our, our rent. That was the rubs, right? You can add, if you're thinking about apartments, add or upgrade a utility room. That's a classic one. Right now, if you've inherited a service contract for a, you know an existing utility room, you're going to want to get out of that. But but look at adding one if you don't have one. Look at upgrading it. Instant instant revenue to your bottom line. And we know with apartments, they're valued differently than houses. We can really increase our net worth by optimizing these revenues. Right when that cash flow gets increased, that, that that's a multiplier to the value to the net worth. Right to the value of the property. One other thing I would add for apartments, you know, if you're looking at getting into small multifamily in particular, you'll see a lot of mom and pop operators out there. They may take a unit and use it for an office, or they may take a unit and use it for storage. I remember seeing a case study from a fellow investor that bought up a little north of town. They had three units offline for storage, for junk, basically, because, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, gonna use this stuff at some point. Um, our investor bought it, cleared out the junk, converted those back to revenue producing units and again drove cash flow to the bottom line which drove the value of that apartment up so just a couple of things now we talk about a lot of different ways in apartments that you can increase that cash flow 28 different ways um, I went through the uh, financial freedom program recently the seminar the, the two-day seminar and that was part of the top you know one of the topics was the various ways that that, that you can increase that cash flow um, that's something you should check out let me give you the website it's uh, 
financialfreedomlivestream.com. You can go there to learn more about the Financial Freedom Program, the seminar. It's huge. It's two days talking about uh, single family on one day, uh, multifamily on the next. You'll you'll learn about these different levers that I that I'm I'm touching upon here today, but you'll get into a little bit more detail. You'll learn about you know, optimizing your, your cash flow, how to, how to figure out those rents. You'll go into a little bit more detail there, how to figure out those costs and so on. So uh, check out financialfreedomlivestream.com. You can see when we've got the next, um, next sessions coming up. Now, hear the music coming on. When we come back, I want to shift gears from revenue. Obviously, that's uh, the, the big number for us. That's our rents primarily. And I want to get into the cost side because that's something you don't want to neglect. You do want to uh, optimize those costs as best you can, and we'll, we'll dive into that in the last segment. So stay tuned. You are listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We'll be right back. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Warning. Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and on today's show, we are focused on our cash flow. We want to optimize that cash flow. If you missed any of the earlier show, be sure to go to lifestylesunlimited.com, click on the radio tab. The shows are archived there. And uh, we focus so far just generally on analysis because before you even buy the deal, you can determine whether it is even optimal for your for your goals, right? Is it going to cash flow? Remember, rule number two, it must cash flow. Don't buy it if it doesn't. So we determine that up front. We run our numbers, and we're pretty spot on, if not a little bit conservative sometimes. Not type B overthinking, over conservative. Don't do the deal, right? <laughs> Don't go down that path. Uh, be realistic. Um, but... We took a look then on the latter segment also at, at revenue because that's going to be our our, our, uh, our cash driver, right? Our rents, maybe maybe pet rents, maybe pet fees, maybe, maybe charges to a security deposit. Again, you can check that out at lifestylesunlimited.com. Uh, click on the radio tab. Now I want to shift gears and focus on the cost side. Uh, I'll focus principally on, on the fixed costs. Even though they're fixed, you do have a little bit of control and you can optimize those um, and if we've got time, we'll get into some of what I'll call the variable costs. Now, we introduced the the acronym earlier in the show, P-I-T-I, if you're not familiar with that. There's a lot of acronyms that fly around in any business, and we have them in real estate as well. P-I-T-I stands for Principal, Interest, Taxes, and Insurance. Obviously, principal and interest, we commonly call the mortgage, right? Taxes, insurance. When we buy at Lifestyles Limit, the model that we follow, we, we buy houses that are and apartments that are distressed, Maybe, you know, if we're talking about houses, they need some level of work. We're commonly buying with hard money because a conventional lender won't finance them due to it's not insurable for them. We'll fix it up and then we'll refinance out into a long-term loan. That's that principal and interest. And that's when we're going into a 30-year term. That's going to be the optimal to get you the best cash flow. If you do a 15-year term, right, your mortgage is going to be higher. Your cash flow is going to be lower. Sure, you'll be out of that mortgage sooner. But we call that debt equity. In fact, the cash buyer is going to say, this doesn't even apply to me. Principal and interest, I'm a cash buyer. But we'd say, hey, you're kind of a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a fool. It seems like a conservative play, but it's anything but. What is your return on equity? It's negligible. We call that debt equity. You're starting the day with debt equity. Now, over time, as we at Lifestyles Unlimited, as we pay down our mortgages, as our residents do, 
um, we, we accrue more and more of that debt equity. At some point, it's time to sell or refinance, right? Pull, do a cash out refi, pull some money out. Now's a great time. The rates are in the basement. So start to think about that if you've got that debt equity. But to that cash buyer, I, I have to ask, what's more conservative, putting $100,000 into one house, get collecting one rent with one set of tenants or residents, or taking that 100000 and spreading it across four, five, maybe more houses? you got to remember, we make money five ways in real estate. By spreading it out, we're getting more cash flow. We're getting more rents. We're getting more equity capture on the outset, right? We're getting more equity buildup. Of course, that's part of the mortgage. And more appreciation. Your, your money will grow faster when you spread it around. Seems more conservative to go into that cash deal, but you're spreading your risk across multiple houses this way as well. So keep that in mind, cash buyer. And I looked at my portfolio. I'm just kind of curious for, from a benchmark perspective. The average for my properties, if I take the, the, the mortgage, the principal and interest as a percentage of the gross rents, I'm right around 37%. Now, this is by far the highest of my my three fixed costs, right? Principal and interest being one, taxes and insurance. Now, as I go through and refi these properties or sell and buy a new one, values are up, therefore my, my, my mortgage is inherently gonna be up, therefore that percentage will increase over time. But if I think about the bigger picture, that's perfectly okay because I'm taking that money now and adding more assets to the portfolio, just like I told the cash buyer they should be doing. More cash flow, more net worth, more growth. Right. So how do you optimize a fixed cost like a mortgage? Well, I would tell you buy assets that are under a certain value to start with. We're not doing half million dollar houses because those mortgages are going to be insane. Right. We like something south of 200 K ideally, right? 150 K used to be my sweet spot. It's, it's eased up a little bit as values have, but make sure you're buying under a certain value so that your mortgage is inherently below a certain level, right? And big thing to do, shop your rates. Do not work with those big banks. They're not going to give you a good rate. You use a mortgage banker that's in the industry, right, that is fluent in the jargon we talk about. They know, you know, they're, they're investors too. They're going to give you good rates or find a mortgage broker. A broker's going to shop the loan. And work on your credit score. Know what your credit score is. The higher that credit score, the lower your interest rate will be. That's how you optimize your payment to principal and, and interest. So talk to your lender, right? See what see where you are, you're at with your credit score. See what kind of rate you can get now and, and work on that. If you don't have a lender, if you are a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, if you are a member of the Financial Freedom Program, get out there to the vendor hub. We've got a ton of lenders out there for you to talk to, talk to multiple, uh, and see what you need to do to optimize, right? Typically, it's going to be credit score. Uh, typically, it's going to be the end value on that, on that property. Taxes. This is a big ticket item here in Texas as well. Not typically not quite as big as the the mortgage, but here again, I looked at across our portfolio right now, uh, again, taking the, the annual property tax as a percentage of the annual uh, net cash flow, or excuse me, the annual gross rents. Um, average for me is right about 22%. I've talked to other investors, they're, they're getting closer to 30%. You know, again, this is an average. My low is 17%. Well, that's the house that I just bought where I paid rock dollar and protested the value down to that purchase price. So that's gonna pull the average down. The high side, 26%, just to give you, some, you know, an idea. So what, are you, what do yours look like? Again, that's, that's annual property tax as a percentage of your gross rent. And how do you optimize that? Simply put, and the window may be passed for you, protest those values every year. Right, we've done a ton of shows in the recent past on protesting property taxes. Again, go to lifestylesunlimited.com 
find those in the archives, check those out. Um, the window has closed for most uh, county appraisal districts. I have two actually personally that are my protest window ends tomorrow. So I will be doing a little homework today, getting that done online. It's been an interesting year with COVID-19. I'm used to going down and, and haggling and, and working with the, the appraisers informally person, you know, mano a mano, but um, that's, that's not happening this year. Um, so that's still underway for me. You know, I'll tell you, I had one property, they took it up $10,000 on the value side. I got them to take it then down 20, uh, 20, uh, 20,000 dollars. They took it up 10,000. I took it down 20. Now this was out in a rural county. The sales comps actually supported this maneuver, but, um, you've got to, you've got to learn how to protest those taxes or have somebody do it for you. It's very easy, but that's a big ticket number as well, but you can optimize that. And finally, insurance. Um, in percentage terms, it's not that big. And I hate it when I get the bill. I hate it when I have to pay that bill. Uh, but again, looking across the portfolio, on average, I'm probably right about 7%. Again, insurance premium for the year relative to the gross rents on that property. The range is somewhere between 5 and 10%. Now, I will tell you that we talk about at Lifestyles Unlimited, here's a couple more acronyms for you, RCV versus ACV, replacement cost value versus actual cash value. These are two different policy types that you can get in Texas. Replacement cost value, that's what we put on our properties. That's what most people at Lifestyles Unlimited will do. It's gonna cost you a little bit more, but if something happens, they're gonna cover the whole cost with replacement costs, that's the nature of it. If we're talking actual cash value, they're going to go and look at that roof. And if it's a 20-year roof that's already 10 years into their life, they're going, only going to give you the balance, that remaining 10 years in terms of the, the, the payout. So there's a little bit more risk with actual cash value. You know, given where we sit in North Texas and the amount of hail we get here, it's better to go with that replacement cost and know that I'm going to get the full roof funded if and when we get that hail, I've actually got a roof going on at a property here in the next month where we, where we took the hail damage, right? Replacement cost value, it's covered. How do you optimize that insurance? Well, keep the, keep the house in good shape. By, what, by, the, by, by, by the way, when, when we get that new roof in there, I'll then go back to that insurance provider and say, here's a new roof. They will then reduce my premium, right? Big, big message here as well on insurance. Don't go with a captive agent. You know, I'm thinking, you know, companies like Farmers, Right, they, they, they only sell the farmer's product. Here, here as well, you wanna go with a broker because that broker is gonna shop around for you. They're gonna poll, they're gonna check everything in the market and find the best deal for you. That's how you optimize. Don't be afraid to change from insurance company A to insurance company B to get that better premium. You know, shop every year if you have to. Now be informed, is it a good company? Are they, you know, is it A-rated? Um, and your insurance broker will know all of that but uh, shop it every year. That's how you minimize, that's how you minimize or optimize that expense. Maintenance, a lot of people think maintenance is a big ticket item. I'll tell you what, this is one of those variable costs. And the way we approach our renovations, our, our business model at Lifestyles Unlimited, our, our motto is simply put best product, best price. When we see a house that needs some work, we go in and fix or replace everything up front. Maintenance becomes a non-issue. We've already handled that before we move that person in on day one. My maintenance calls are minimal. My cash flow is optimized already out the door. We roll the cost of repairing the house into the loan and it's done. That's the lifestyles model. So we've talked today about optimizing that cash flow because cash flow is what we want to see. That's what we're going to live off of. Rule number two, if it doesn't cash flow, don't buy it. 
All right. If you want to learn more, like I said, go check out financialfreedomlivestream.com. We've got some dates coming up here in mid-July, late July, uh, early August. I want you to check that out again. That's financialfreedomlivestream.com. This is Andy Webb. You've been listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, and I thank you for listening. Have a great day. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. For listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the man? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Join us next time. And until then, remember it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.